And welcome back to Survivor Hot Takes. It is me once again, Coach Drew, a.k.a. a small tree. Uh, or if I did it the way that Brad said it, uh, I'd be all over the place before he got to the, I guess, punchline. Um, we'll talk about that soon. I'm joined today by uh, Jacob, who I know from the online Survivor community. Uh, Jacob, what does your nickname mean? Uh, well... Good evening, everybody. I'm I'm coach assistant. Drew uh, has been the coach for years. I've recently uh, dabbled in some sports management. I'm, I've earned coach's assistant that position. I'm honored. I got promoted. Uh, but I was just the water boy. And now I am known also as grounded child. I've been grounded for life because someone saw an extra vote in my pocket and they've reprimanded me. It's been, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, it's been confiscated. Until oh. further notice, and um, I, I, I'm going to be sitting in detention after class tonight. Okay. So I'm grounded so, for the rest of my life. Jacob, as always, uh, what is your survivor hot take? Oh boy, um, I look back at the the history of survivor, and one thing I've always um, been interested about was like how differently does the show portray these people in a way where I think the outcome should have went another way. Many people have different philosophies of the game, um, what is um, appealing to them, um, what strategies people implement that are most practical to do well on Survivor. And I looked back at all the 30s and I kind of came to the realization that I think only of all, all Survivor 30, from 30 to 39, only two of their winners were correct. Were correct? Only two. It, it, like, if I were to be on that jury, if I had the perspective um, from what the producers portrayed the show in, uh, the scope of d just the finalists. Oh, no, no. I, I would I, have voted for two of the actual winners. And and who would those people be? I'm assuming you, Aubrey. Oh, no, I mean, like, I would have voted for two of the actual winners. Oh, oh okay. So, so I, yes, I would have voted for Aubrey and Cal Wrong, but yes, only I, two I, of I, the I figured winners. that's, yeah. From thirty to thirty-nine, I would have. Okay, so uh, if I were to guess, you probably would have voted for Mike Holloway. And huh? I, I continue, continue, continue. Mike Holloway and uh, probably Jeremy Collins. You got you got Jeremy right. Okay, I, so I'll, I'll go over all of them for you. Okay, um, worlds apart. I'm why I waffled between a little bit. Um, between who? Is, who was likable enough to waffle between? I, I waffled between him and Caroline because I, I mean, well, no, no way in hell Will was ever getting my vote, but from the perspective of the way that they were shown on the show, okay. but like, I at least like because like Mike was doing great, he was doing superb even pre merge, he was in a great spot in the original. I keep forgetting the name of that tribe Eskameka or, or something like that he, he the, the blue collar the blue, tribe. Co the blue he, he collar was, tribe. he was doing great and um the mega swap he was the one at the forefront of or exchanging the Joaquin boot so that Rodney would be closer to the blue collars altogether and keep Joe Anglum as a meat shield um little did we know um how beneficial that would be yeah I mean I agree I agree with that one <laughs> Also, pretty sure you froze. Oh, no, my bad. Um, you can hear me. No, no, now. you're good. You're good. Perfect. 
one of the worst social plays was during the auction where everyone's like, let's just bid um, the minimum at 20 so that all the people who have the most money can still all bid for this advantage. And mind you, the people in this tie are people within Mike's core power structure at the time. And he immediately went back. And it was to a point where it had immediate repercussions. He, there was always some speculation. There was some lingering um like pe people like sort of what's the word i'm looking for i guess conspiring against him in the background well like oh yeah absolutely yeah that was that, the entire plot sped of it that up. episode was that yes but he just completely sped it up and forced him like i'm very much i'm highly against people players who had to win out to be able to win and okay so besides jeremy who was the other person that you would have voted for that eventually won tommy Tommy, I would, okay. I would have voted for Tom. I mean, I, I had no choice at that point. But uh, everyone. You were going to vote for DK Chillin? <laughs> no, I would have voted for DK The man, Chillin, the myth, the legend. I love uh, DK Villain. Yeah, uh, I met him. Nice guy. Um, love DK. Love Dom. Okay, That's so <laughs> getting to this episode, getting to yes, this season, uh, I guess we'll start off with who is your winner pick so that we can keep that, we can put that out here so that uh, when they eventually win or lose. <laughs> We'll remember this. Okay, we'll go back to like, like Jake, stupid. Um, I came off of a lot of success with BB Ken Nine and BB Twenty Three. Um, these are the two first times where I've ever gotten a Big Brother winner correct. I have not gotten a Survivor winner pick yet. I've the closest I've gotten to was um actually when I started. Um, I had I guess Ryan in HHH, Dominic in Ghost Island, and um, I'm really pulling for Evie to do well because preseason, other than the bio that said um one of her pet peeves were men um everything else that came subsequently after that like the interviews the way that she articulates herself or themselves i know that she goes by both pronouns i just feel very confident about her but based off the show and what it's showing me i think from both like trying to balance like edic like the edit the way that the producers are trying to um present to these players the light that they're being presented in um, versus just how I'm drawn to. I think Evie's in a good spot. I think Liana is a valid winner pick. Sydney's the only person from Blue Tribe who, although I like Deshaun probably more, Deshaun, um, I think Sydney's just been much more well-rounded in being shown in her presence on the show, um, even though she had a pretty lackluster premiere. Ricard, I think, is in a good spot. And I know you mentioned this beforehand, but I'll let you talk about um, your winner pick as well. Oh, well, no. I, everybody knows my winner pick. He's long gone. So uh, we don't have to talk about that anymore. So what we really want to focus on for this week is, and, you know, on the, on the interwebs, a lot of people have been complaining about it this week, uh, is the fact that there are a lot of advantages. And it makes, it warms my heart that people are finally complaining about this because I've been complaining about it for years and it got to the point where when I started playing online games, um, I was a very big advocate for no advantages ever. I rarely looked for them. I didn't care. All of that and everyone was like, you're not playing the game the right way, this, that, and the other. You need to get advantages or you're not playing, you're not playing a real game. Yeah. And to see all of these people now complaining about all of these advantages on the show... It's like, I was right. Sorry, I was right. 
the the fact that people are complaining that oh we're not learning uh, enough about these people most of the show most of this past episode was spent talking about all the advantages it's like yes yes i'm so glad that you're with me now with this so what is what are your opinions on advantages before this season and do you think that it has gotten worse or better I think Game Changers was the point where I turned on advantages altogether. Like, there were some twists that the show has implemented that I don't necessarily agree with. Um, what, ironically, one of them actually being on the show right now, like that summit in MVGX, I'm like, what the hell was that? But that's not necessarily an advantage, more so like a twist that if leveraged appropriately or taken advantage of, then it can be something beneficial for your long-term game. That That's something that's... Um, that, that interwoven social dynamic that sort of the show sort of inserts in there, like the players are involved, that can be something that gives them some social capital in the event of a swap, which at the pace that we're going at on this season, they're not going to have. Um, but with the advantages and the abundance of powers and ways to obtain idols or short-term idols, it's sort of like they want to see... They, they they want a new Ghost Island at this at this rate they can have a second Ghost Island with yeah from yeah from that, that's to now with I no I I agree uh, while while you're frozen uh, I agree this is very similar to uh, Ghost Island and if we remember correctly Ghost Island wasn't heavily you know liked by the larger community but continue with what you were saying now that you're unfrozen I bet. Um, I was just saying that from Ghost Island to now, we could have another Ghost Island of all the times that people have left with idols in their pocket. Because I think a lot of, like, the modern meta of the show is one where it's much hinged off, like you said, like the big move era. Like, if you're not making a big move, you're not playing the game. Um, if you aren't playing an advantage or you don't have something to your name, like, that's the whole argument of, like, Dean versus Tommy was like Dean had all these advantages. He had the immunity idols. He had the immunity necklaces. He tried to make big flashy moves, but Tommy played a much more subtle game. Like at the end of the day, this is a social game. You could have managed the advantages however efficiently as you wanted, but there's a reason why Tony beat Natalie. There's a reason why Tommy beat Dean. It's because it, all it comes down to is how you were able to cultivate bonds and relationships with people on the island and the advantages themselves i think pollute the game in a way where people's perception and their views on the game are distorted they, like they're changing now where like i would probably pick leon as my winner pick if this last episode their confessional was like you know i feel like we're gonna we just choked like we should have taken out xander like we took we missed this opportunity to make a big move here and i feel like i'm the game's already slipping away from me like it's You've attended two tribes. That's like, well, that's what, and that's what I, that, that's, that confessional kind of bothered me. Not in a negative way bothered me, but like, she's sitting there. We've had three eliminations up to that point, I believe. And she's already crying about, I, had, I need to make a big move because if I don't, I'm never going to win the game. It's like, focus on making these social bonds before you work it's pre-merge no one cares about what you do pre-merge once you hit the merge so even if you do get out xander now you can't sit at the end and be like well i got out i got rid of xander it's like who who was that who, who the hell is xander so when i'm sitting there watching the episode and i think she was one of the first confessionals that episode and she's crying about it i'm like it's it's frustrating to see where the show has gotten 
when it comes to this kind of stuff as where, where when it comes to people are are so you know obsessed with making these moves obsessed with having these advantages that we're sacrificing time watching people get to know each other we'll get the base level stuff when they go to the summits and, and all that but we don't sit we don't see sit them see them sitting there talking and getting to know each other we learned a lot about in their confessionals but we don't see those interactions you know we see them confronting jd about an advantage that he has and you know okay cool but like why are you guys even aligned in the first place we, we don't see any of that now and going based off of the jd thing how many times this episode did someone find an advantage and then they just did a flashback to give us more time with this advantage when we could have been spending time watching people get to know each other like three true. times right like two or three times it definitely opened it with once we went to um the the best tribe name i think <laughs> Ooh, they opened up um, the Uwa scene where Brad is the only one at the beach, but then it slowly then just transitions. It just shifts out of nowhere um, to the idol hunt, and then JD is like, "Someone already found it," and they show us that Brad found it. But then show us how Brad found it. It's like, who cares how Brad found it? He hasn't. I don't care how he found it. It's just like um, the Han Solo movie. Where you have this scene where they're, you know, Hans at this, uh, I can't remember where exactly where it's at. And he's like, oh, what's your family name? And he's like, I don't have a family name. It's like, uh, Solo. It's like, first of all, cringe. But secondly, why the hell do we need to know how Han Solo got his last name? Like, what? why did you have to take that much time away in this movie to tell to us, explain to us how Han Solo got his last name? In a world where people's names are like Skywalker and Palpatine and all this shit. You had to tell us specifically how Han Solo got his last name. And this is what it was like for me watching this episode. It's like, I don't care how he found the idol. All we know is that we like he has it. We know that JD has this one. I don't need to see how they got it. Either show us them finding it first and then just move on. Or do what they did and have them show it and be like, yeah, I found it. You don't have to go the flashback route. Um and it almost feels like they were padding for time, but they can't be because they have so much footage that they could be showing us. That, and with this, with this sporadic game, like and it's it's a double edged sword with the fast pace that this game is going at. The twenty six days, you're limited to how much time in between rounds you can formulate a plan. You can really solidify the numbers going into a hypothetical tribal. I and I get that, you know as there are meager supplies people aren't maybe thinking all that straight but like i have no clue who like up until this episode the, the thing the red herring the, the alarm that went off in my brain oh brad's gonna go tonight was genie just random out of the blue saying oh brad's my number one when when, when the hell did this happen I had what, what no idea that no, was the key that was like what <laughs> it's like i figured Maybe Rihanna? No, no, no. I'm thinking wrong tribe. I'm thinking Shan, maybe, because she was the one who I believed. Um, she was talking to about her wife and yeah. how her mother approved of her marrying a woman, despite how traditional her parents are. So I went out here, Brad. I'm like, oh no, Brad's gonna go because all of a sudden we're talking about Brad's relationships, and now we're seeing Brad somehow trust Liana so much that 
he just hands her everything. And if we get to the merits of this vote out, I'll talk about Shannon a little bit more and just how my conflicting feelings with her in this game. Okay. Oh, well, feel free. Go right ahead. All right. Perfect. All right, then. So um, I'm and I need some context here with my winner pick, Evie, because for the longest time, up until maybe a day or two ago, I was anti the Voce move. Like, why would you blow off somebody who you insisted was eating out the palm of your hand, who trusts you unequivocally um, over somebody who you said, like, she's, she's a hassle, she's being paranoid, it's hard to work with her, she's hard to put up with. But then I but then I realized I'm seeing it through the lens of what puts Evie in the best position moving forward, not what puts Evie and Leon in the best position moving forward. Because now they can choose between these two rather honest players, mind you. One comes from the basis of trust in Xander. The other one comes out the basis of impulse. Like, Tiffany's not going to think something thoroughly before telling you. She's just going to tell you how she thinks. Whereas yeah, Xander understands that true. I will share this information with you because I trust you. That's sort of where the dichotomy is with there. I, I get the impression I know where honestly in that in that dichotomy and that conundrum, but at least Evie has some sway or pull with Liana. They're operating on the same wavelength. So in the event that they do go to tribal again, they at least have option A, option B. And Liana and Evie are sitting pretty because both need the cooperation of the two of them because especially since Sandra doesn't have and vote at this point. Um, but with Shan voting off Brad here, I need... This is like Denise, like, voting off Sandra with the idol. And because I lack the Don't context Don't bring that up to, with me. <laughs> Still hurts. Without, without the context of knowing her relationship with Tony, I didn't know how smart it would be for her to get rid of her. And same thing here with Brad, where I don't know what Shan's relationship is with, Shan, with Jeannie at this point. I assumed that it was good. Up until tonight, where like up until this episode, where clearly Jeannie's priority wasn't Shan, but like if I knew more of like what's what's Jeannie's uh plan, what's Jeannie's positioning, what role is Jeannie playing in Shan's long term game? Is Jeannie just a non probably not exactly the only one that voted wrong? <laughs> so probably just a non entity. Like let, let's just discard her. We're not worried about her. I'm worried about one of these two. We got to get rid of one of these two. Uh, wild cards out of here, and I guess she picked. So right now, like I didn't even, and I didn't even agree with the Sarah move. So like at best, I'm one on one with like Shan making good decisions, or I'm, or she's over two in my book. I, we sort of had to see, but with the preview with JD, like you lied to me, you, you you did all this. I'm under the impression that she's keeping the vote steal, and JD's reacting to her like making him feel bad, making him feel bad about the thing, and then relinquishing it to her i got grounded i got it confiscated i got it yoinked out of my pocket he just handed it to her and i'm guessing that's where it comes from that, that's just deep, digging into like something unreliable for all i know it could be just something completely different that happens next episode but I'm i mean yeah they, they purposely try to yeah, yeah throw people off with all that and we can talk about that you know for days um but you know, you know, touching on the the main topic of this uh, of this episode, um, as far as these advantages are concerned, and you know, how every I think every single episode this season, someone has gotten some type of advantage, and like I keep saying, you know, the first two weeks of this, it's gonna I feel like it's gonna eventually lead to something very similar to Game Changers, 
or people are just gonna be backloaded with it advantages like oh well this person got hosed because of this and this person got hosed because of that and you know i i, I feel like in order, because of how the fan base is starting to turn on advantages, once again, thank you, everyone. Um, I think unless someone gets to the end without, like, maybe they play one advantage, like an idol or something. But I think if someone gets to the end and they played a whole bunch of advantages, the internet's going to hate them, period. Now, I'm not going to hate them because I think that every winner deserves to win. Yeah. Um, but I feel like the way that these crazy fans have gone the last few years, I think they will absolutely turn on whatever person wins this season, especially if they get to the end by playing a whole bunch of advantages. Cause we all like not, we don't, we don't know this for sure, but it's entirely possible that once the merge happens, there's going to be even more advantages. And you know, that's not including the ones that people bring to the merge. And uh, yeah, I feel, I mean, I'm still loving the season. I know a couple people are starting to turn on it. And not not the crazy folks from episode one of this, like the people that have given it some time. It's like, okay, yeah, no, I'm still enjoying the season. Um, But yeah, these advantages, it's it's uh, it's not doing it as as the kids say. Um, What advantages have you liked that they've introduced slash? Do you think there's an advantage that hasn't been introduced yet that you'd be cool with seeing like something from the past? Um. What advantages do I like? Damn, I like the. I'm not all out on the bullweird. At first, I wasn't, but then I realized the bullweird advantage could now possess different attributes. Like, because because all of a sudden, Brad has two bullweird advantages. I'm like, wait, 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 hold up. What? Yeah, is this the idol? Like, what? 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 When does? Because to me, the bullweird advantage should just solely be the idle mechanic, the means of acquiring an immunity idol. Now it comes at a cost. It comes with a sacrifice, and it really comes to show the pace that everybody will be playing the game at, like Blue Tribe. We don't see any of the social dynamics there. So we're just inclined to believe that they're not playing um, at the pace or at the speed that the other tribes are, especially since they're winning. You know, and We saw I, the one thing with like Nasir, but that's about it. <laughs> If we, if we don't. We get our weekly updates on Nasir and Sydney, and if we're lucky, Deshaun. But then, who are the other three people on that tribe? I don't know. Did you know? I don't know. Uh, the football player, Danny. Yeah, and then uh, Eric. Erica's chilling. And Heather could have gotten medevaced for all I know. She's a, yeah, she's I was... a, she's a meme right now. Yeah, she, she's she's very much a survivor meme, which I'm enjoying. Um, which means she's definitely gonna win. Which is, uh, this is so sad. Like you, she was talking about the first episode. Like my boyfriend, who's now my husband, we watched the first episode. We, but then, how discouraging would it be? I'd be upset if I ended up on this show. Yeah, right? like that's the only confessional I get, or the only screen time I get, and I get nothing. All right. Nothing. So before we uh, before we bounce, um, final thoughts on this episode, and where do you see? the next few episodes going pre-merge just talking pre-merge right now i um i keep hearing speculation oh there's not going to be a swap i don't think there's going to be a swap which mind i don't think could have been established like for the show i i I didn't get that memo i didn't get that alarm but i'm just thinking that the summit is the show's way of again like i said earlier like like i said earlier what the hell um 
getting those social dynamics to be interwoven enough so that coming into the merge, there's going to be some pre-existing relationships because like through the trek, through having to make that decision, that's their means of inserting that component of the game. Um, whereas as far as um, the advantages and the means of acquiring them, I don't know how they're going to be able to manage that when the during the merge portion when in order to acquire most of these it required them leaving and then interacting with people from opposing tribes there's no, there's no more of that and i would lose um fascination or interest in keeping up with that part of the episode when like this interaction could have easily just happened on the island like, i i just feel as though that it would sort of be a bit pointless but again with the 26 day limit that they have they want to have it be jam-packed with every episode being exciting with every episode with every day i'm on this island we see 24 hours of what's now 48 we see no we see an hour of 48 hours every episode yes. and so they're trying to insert as much as they possibly can with game context this is what happens and this is who gets what this is the oh this player gets this thing this player gets this thing this player gets this thing and i get the philosophy but, but the sentiment behind that but like as someone who maybe not outwardly anti-advantage but by increments and then immediately down and after game changers rob three my god but even then i'm just gonna hope that it doesn't fall in that hole right there like and at the end of the day like regarding the winner that you mentioned earlier i just wanted to preface that with my hot take earlier it's not saying i don't agree with all these outcomes from the sense of they don't deserve to win i would only have voted for jeremy only voted for tommy the others i either would have voted against other finalists or i wholeheartedly don't agree with this winner like like a sarah like listina for example i would probably begrudgingly vote sarah out of the lack really of other options like or voting against brad but still being reluctant to do so or to fully commit to that option or accept that as my winner. You know, that's the, the cap off to the season. That's supposed to be what we go back to watch and reminisce about is the winner. That's what represents the season the best. And there's only two seasons in which, well, one, old Jeremy was the only one who was able to do to satisfy me with a good ending, but also while representing the season as a whole. Tommy was the only person that not going to IOI, but I just genuinely think he played the best game. But whoever wins this, I'm still going to be support. I mean, it's gonna, it's far, it's hard to say that so far out of the season that I'll be satisfied with the winner. Uh, but I've never been so like anti Ben, like the majority of the fandom, the community is on Ben, like they despise Ben. With like a burning passion. I'm just, I'm okay with him. Yeah, I, he's, I'm, he's I'm fine. He's there. He's there. He's not my favorite winner, but I'm indifferent to him in the scope of all winners. But. He's fine. I'm, yeah. He's whatever. Um, but, uh, you know, as we wrap up, Jacob, I want you, uh, once again, thank you for coming on. Uh, we will definitely have Jacob back as the season progresses post merge and on. Uh, any final thoughts before we before we go? Um, three things. One, um, pray for me that I get my extra vote back for one. Two, um, I, I'm glad to be back. I need to thank you for getting me on this show. I met you, and then literally the day afterwards, I'm like, wait, are you Coach Drew? 
because <laughs> I watched these. And I, and I started with the Survivor Specialists with um, Adam and Gideon, and mm-hmm. I'm just a huge fan of this channel. Like, I'm honored. I'm going to be watching this. Like, this is weird. Like, you know, I used to watch these religiously, and I'm starting to catch back up now that Survivor is going on. Um, and you guys actually have a season airing right now to yeah. talk about for coverage. So, by all means, this is this is my go-to. I don't go to RHP. I don't go to... Um, there's one podcast my friend showed me that I really like, but this is my means of getting the 41 updates. I hope that more people get to watch this. Two, three. Uh, I can't wait because <laughs> I'm in the Discord server right now. After the show, I can't wait to be together by somebody said you wouldn't have voted for you wouldn't have voted for Dean DK chilling over Tommy. <laughs> DK chilling. Kidding me? Right. Not but no. Well, thank you, Jacob, again. I really appreciate all, all of that. Then um, we'll get you back on uh, down the line. Thank you all for tuning in, as always. And we will see you all on the 